Jets fans, I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Special episode, short episode. This is basically uh, an opportunity for us to chime in. As you've all heard by now, Adam Gase, newest head coach for the New York Jets. Reaction has been heavily, heavily unfavorable from what I've seen through Jets Twitter, through the forums at JetNation.com. We're going to be joined in a little while by Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News. Manish is going to share his thoughts on the hiring of Adam Gase. A hiring that honestly um, uh, shocked me. It really did. I I thought Gase was an outsider. I really thought Matt Rule was the target. Uh, For those of you who tuned in last night or tried to listen to last night's episode, I do apologize. I did a little over an hour, and then when I went to load the episode, it told me it had only recorded 12 minutes. So 48 to 55 minutes of me just rambling on to myself. So my apologies for that. Hopefully this will make up for it. Again, short episode, but let's face it, uh, it's a key issue and it's something that we all want to discuss and get our thoughts out there. And uh, what I'd said last night is that I didn't expect, I didn't expect it to be uh, Adam Gase. I thought it was Matt Rule. I thought he was the number one target. I thought that was obvious in how the Jets were going about pursuing him. He was the only target that they were, there seemed to be a, <clears throat> an effort to keep things quiet. Everyone else they were interviewing, we were hearing about it beforehand. The team was tweeting out on their official account whenever interviews wrapped up. And then we found out at some point yesterday, someone tweeted out that the Jets had in fact interviewed Gase, or not, sorry, not Gase, had interviewed Matt Rule on Sunday. So that was obviously kept under wraps. So two and two together, I said on last night's show, I thought Rule was the target. I expected him to be named the head coach, as it turns out. It was not Matt Rule. The Jets balked at making Rule an offer. No offer was made because in discussing the Matt Rule's coaching staff, it was uh, it's been reported that the Jets wanted to have a, a heavy say in who he would bring on board as his coordinators, something Matt Rule was not willing to do. And this is a situation where, honestly, I don't blame either side. I don't. I've, I've talked to some people who disagree. Some feel the same way. But listen, uh, as much as I wanted Matt Rule here, the number one concern was, you know, or one of the top concerns was his lack of connections within the league and what type of staff he would be able to assemble. Now, the Jets obviously obviously liked what they saw in Rule as a leader, as an experienced guy who'd worked extensively on both sides of the ball, who'd turned around a couple programs, a million things to like about Matt Rule. But it's also the Jets, you know, they're in a position where they have to make Sam Darnold their number one priority. They felt like they wanted a guy like Todd Monken, who for my money should have been the hire. I predicted it would be Rule, and it turns out he was the number one choice. It wasn't. My number one choice would have been Todd Monken. But it was, it, was, uh, it was mentioned today that perhaps Monken was a name the Jets floated to Rule, and he said he wanted to put his own staff together. I can't blame him for that. If you're going to pay him to be the man, then, then let him put his staff together. 
But at the same time, if you're the Jets, and if you say to Matt Rule, you know, who do you have in mind for your offensive coordinator, and he throws out a couple of names of guys you don't believe in or guys that haven't shown they can do it, um, I, 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 again, I can't – I don't feel like either side was being unreasonable. Now, if, the, if this was a situation where the Jets were saying – we want to pick all your coordinators, all your assistants, and we want to we want to assemble your staff for you. That would be a different ball game, but I, I seriously doubt that was the case. I'm sure the Jets and, and you know if I had to guess, uh, you know, in order to not be dictatorial, I would imagine the Jets gave Matt Rule a couple names to pick from to say, look, here's two, three, four guys we'd be comfortable with. You can sit down, interview them, hire the guy you want. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Matt Rule. Did not work out. Todd Monken, who should have been the hire, was not hired. He's now interviewing for some offensive coordinator jobs elsewhere. I think that's a real shame. So you bring in Adam Gase. Adam Gase, who was fired by the Miami Dolphins after three years, um, left there with with stories of of, uh, a disjointed locker room, unhappy players. Mentioned on the show last night that, you know, the the thought that that guys like uh, uh, Frank Gore, one of the more respected veterans in the NFL, Cameron Wake, another guy who carried, has a lot of clout, that those guys were going to ownership to say that they that this thing wasn't going to work out with Gase. Owner Stephen Ross let him go, and we also, you know, there were also stories of some uh, some friction between Gase and ownership with Stephen Ross. Uh, you know how true that is, or how how much friction there really was. Is but um, we'll, we'll go. We'll, I'm I'm going to stop there mid thought. And uh, we're going to go right to Manish because his time is valuable. And I can only imagine the amount of content he is trying to churn out at the moment. Uh, Manish, can you hear me? Hey, Glenn. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I told myself uh, right off the bat, uh, wasn't a huge fan of the hire, but I wasn't going to, having spent the last couple of years unhappy with the head coaching situation, I need a fresh start. So I'm upset, but I got to move on. I know you like the hire. Tell me why you like the hire. Well, look, I, you know, I, I had said for the last week that I thought that Adam Gase, Todd Monken, and uh, Matt Rule were the three smart choices. Uh, whatever order you, you wanted to put them in, <clears throat> I put Rule maybe a notch below for the Jets job. I think in a vacuum, Matt Rule uh, would might have been you know my top choice if. You had a team with a veteran quarterback, but just given the fact that uh, you know, he was going to take some inexperienced guys with him on his staff, I don't think it makes sense for the Jets, uh, especially since the offensive coordinator that I know he wanted to bring aboard would probably not have been the best, not probably, definitely would not have been the best choice or a quality choice for Sam Darnold's development. So for the Jets, I would have put him third. And then it was, you know, it really came down to to Gase or or Monken, you know, or, or Monken. Maybe I'm mispronouncing it, but uh, I think both of those guys really uh, would do wonders. I always thought that you know they, both those guys had the potential to do wonders for Sam Darnold, uh, and they clearly chose the guy who had the previous head coaching experience. But uh, you know, I, I know Jet fans will look at his record and they'll look at the stats the last several years in Miami. But if you talk to some football people. Uh, you know, who have been around him, been with him over the last, you know, decade or so, uh, they'll tell you, uh, you know, they'll tell you what, what he's all about and, uh, you know, what he can potentially do for Sam Darnold. So uh, I'd like to hire, you know, if I had a choice, uh, 
you know, I don't know if I would go with Gase or Munkin. It'd be one of those two. I kind of flip flop. Uh, you know, one day I'll be like, you know, I, I kind of like Munkin. The next day, Gase. So, uh, you know, I guess in my mind, that's a way of saying that both of those guys were, were comparable choices. But uh, I, I like the choice. I understand some fans aren't happy. Fans are always going to be unhappy. No one's going to, you know, be the slam dunk perfect hire because uh, that doesn't exist. And Gase is not a perfect hire, but I think. Uh, you know, I think he'll do some terrific things, frankly, with Sam Darnold. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. I know I said all throughout the process, I flip-flop a little. My, my thing was, was Rule, Monken, and Kingsbury. Uh, Monken w- would have been my top choice, but I know that you know fans were going to be upset no matter who it was. I think Gase may be a bit more polarizing. Um, one of the questions I have about Gase that worries me a little bit um, is the way – with the Dolphins, not so much the record, because of course the record is, you know, it, it's on the talent as well. But one thing that I've seen with Gase is that when he, when he's challenged or he's presented with a question that he doesn't like, he he, he doesn't have the most professional uh, demeanor when he, you know, throw his arms out, roll his eyes, throw his head back. Like he seems to get really all out of sorts just by being asked a question that he doesn't like. And it, uh, not not the greatest sign of maturity for a guy who's going to be leading a young team, um, a- acting in a way that you would you would think young players are acting. That he's there to teach them not to act that way. Um, any concerns with the way he carries himself when he when he's challenged in a in a public setting? That's fair. You know that that really is a, a fair criticism uh, of him. Uh, look, he's forty years old, I believe. This was his first head coaching job. Obviously, you are who you are, right? I mean, you can uh, you can evolve, you can grow, you can become better. But at the core, you you know you're pretty much the same person. Uh, I think he's uh, from everything I understand. You know, he's a, he is a fiery, fiery person, a passionate guy. But what you said is warranted. Uh, you know, you're supposed to be the CEO of a of a billion dollar franchise here, and you're supposed to comport yourself like that. Now, look, it's an emotional game. It's an emotional profession, and uh, I think every Jet fan, or virtually every Jet fan, will tell you that. You have to show some bit of life, otherwise uh, you, you end up being like Todd Bowles, and I don't think Todd Bowles was uh, you know, Jets fan's cup of tea. So uh, there's a fine balance there, uh, but you know I, I I have a pretty good handle of you know how Gase interacted with the media uh, in the last 24 hours. I've seen you know, some video clips that I had not seen before, which were you know entertaining, I guess. Uh, <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, yeah, look, can he rub? You know, reporters the wrong way. Uh, certainly, I, I know a lot of people in Miami. I, virt- I know virtually everyone who covers that team on a day-to-day basis. And you know, you you hear stories. You ultimately want to be fair and uh, judge for yourself and judge, you know, by your own interaction. I mean, that's kind of how I carry myself, regardless. You know, people hear things about other people, and people hear things about me. But uh, I would hope that you know you get judged by how you treat other people and. You know, I, I personally, I'm not going to speak for anybody else on the on the Jets beat, but you know, I personally, uh, you know, will give him a, a fair opportunity. I think that's the only thing that's right, and I would hope that he would give me and you know other reporters that uh, a fair opportunity as well. But you know, I, I really think that you know, can he soften his edges in that respect? Uh, you know, I would hope so. I would hope the Jets did their homework and you know discussed. Uh, things like that in the interview because these interviews are very exhaustive and you would be surprised what people talk about and you know how detailed these interviews get so I'm sure that uh, was a significant part of the interview process for not only Adam Gase but for for the seven other candidates as well so uh, but you know just getting back to your original point yeah that's something I, I think that he does need to kind of polish 
Yeah, and I think that's something I, I know for myself and I've seen from uh, a lot of Jets fans on Twitter who are looking forward to that opening presser and hoping that, you know, is that something that he can handle better and, you know, kind of hold his feet to the fire, so to speak, because I don't think it's so much a, a getting along with the media concern. It, it, it's, you know, there, there was uh, Bob was using the, uh, the voice of the Jets, tweeted out a, a favorable article about Gase today, but within the article, it said that players had concerns that if, you know, if one play went wrong, he would let it bother him for the next several plays and maybe be a bit distracted, which kind of is along those lines of composure and, and focus. But, but, but moving on from there, um, the, what, one of the, one of the stories, we, uh, there was, there was some, uh, there was some communication between Sam Darnold and, and Adam Gase. And I, how much, how much stock do you put in that? I, I think that it's the optics to me is, is kind of like you're saying Sam Darnold and Adam Gase got along, but then at the same time, we're hearing that they share the same agent. So what were the odds that Sam Darnold was going to say, I don't want this guy? Well, look, I, I think, uh, you know, I've only known Sam for a little under a year. So you can kind of tell how he feels. Uh, he's never going to come out and bash somebody. That's not his makeup. It's not who he is. I don't think that's who he'll ever be. It's one of the, you know, the, the cool qualities about this guy. But uh, you can get a sense when, you know, he really likes somebody or, or it's maybe, you know, a little bit uh, – you know, a little bit more measured. Uh, I spoke to Sam earlier today, and, uh, you know, I, I get a good sense that uh, he legitimately, genuinely likes Adam Gase. Uh, the fact that they share the same agent, yeah, a lot of that stuff, you know, I, have, I know you know fans typically don't talk about it, but then when they find out about it, they make more of a deal about that kind of stuff that, that really – I don't think it's that big of a deal. I'll give you an example. Just in this coaching search alone, Matt Rule – and Mike McCarthy had have the exact same agent. So, you know, is, is that agent upset that the Jets don't value Mike McCarthy and didn't hire Mike McCarthy, uh, or is he happy that Matt Rule was one of the you know the last two or three guys that they really strongly considered? So, yeah, I, I don't really think that matters to, to be honest with you. Now, 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 coaching agents are, are very influential. There's not that many of them. Uh, there's a you know a few power brokers uh, who kind of. Uh, you know, wield a lot of influence and authority to a certain degree, but ultimately a team is going to hire whoever they want to hire. And, you know, Sam Darnold, yes, he's young, but he, he is an adult. He's 21 years old. So I don't think uh, anyone was forcing him to say anything uh, good or bad about Adam Gase. I mean, uh, you know, those guys spoke during the evaluation process. They spoke briefly after Gase got the job last night and, uh, you know, Sam Darnold's no dummy. You know, he, he he's he's a smart guy. He's, he's a young guy, but he's a very smart guy. I think he talks to the proper people too. He 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 knows you know what Adam Gase is about and what Adam Gase could potentially not only do for him, but but do for this offense and for this team as a whole. So, I think it's genuine. Uh, I, I think you know he kind of channeled his uh, his uh, you know inner Cal Southern Californian by saying that he was super pumped and 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 stoked <laughs> for. Uh, for uh, Adam Gase, and then went into uh, a little bit more detail. I, you know, of all the things that Sam said to me uh, earlier in the day, the one that really stood out to me was that he's really excited about what Gase can do with the players that they have on offense. I mean, obviously they're going to add a couple more players in free agency as well. Of but just in terms of, uh, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but it was something, and I'm, uh, it was something like. Uh, Fans will be surprised about the personnel that we have on the roster now because Gase 
will be able to utilize that personnel in a way that maybe had not previously been utilized. I thought that was a kind of a telling, a telling thing for Sam to to reveal, uh, and that really just kind of speaks to Gacy's ability to to be a little bit creative, a little bit more innovative, and uh, ultimately, uh, you know, hopefully for the organization, you know, propel this offense forward. Yeah, and I know certainly where that's some been a complaint to a lot of Jets fans. They feel like there are some guys. On- if given or used a bit differently. But uh, one last question for you, Manish. Uh, we, we heard leading up to this search that uh, Mike McCagnan, of course, as the GM, would be heavily involved along with Christopher. Um, I believe uh, Heimerdinger was in the room as well. But we're now hearing that uh, what one thing that may have potentially sealed the deal was Peyton Manning, uh, you know, former, uh, former uh, quarterback for Adam Gase in Denver made a call to the Jets and spoke to Christopher Johnson on his behalf. Who, who do you get the, you know, this hire is more, because I see, I see a lot of the front office screwed this up, McCagnan screwed this up, Johnson screwed this up. It, I feel like if it's, if, if, if it's a phone call from Peyton Manning to the owner that puts them over the edge, this is really, this is a Chris Johnson hire. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate at all. Uh, I think that, uh, Tate Manning talking to Christopher Johnson was just another piece in their evaluation. You want to get as much information as you can. Uh, and clearly Peyton Manning, like, you know, Peyton Manning, uh, who wouldn't want to talk to Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, to be honest with you? I mean, I would love to talk to him. I'm sure even Christopher Johnson, who's a billionaire, would love to talk to him. But Peyton Manning right. did not make this hire. You know, Peyton Manning. It, no, no, you know, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I, I said a Christopher Johnson hire. I did not Peyton Manning hire. Right, no, no. I, it, Mike McCagnan and Christopher Johnson worked together. My understanding is that it was a collaborative effort. Clearly, Mike McCagnan is the guy who has to go to Christopher Johnson and say, "This is the person I prefer." Now, look, there's dialogue, there, there's back and forth, but of Christopher course. Johnson is fully aware that McCagnan knows more about football than he does. He doesn't pretend to know about the you know the, the X's and O's about football and what would make a good head coach. Now, does he have mm-hmm. a you know, basic understanding, of course. Uh, does he have a feel right. for people? Yes. And, and I think that's the value that Christopher Johnson has. I think, you know, he puts the BS meter up there and he's like, is this guy BSing me? Is he, is he legitimate? Does he have his act together? Can he, can he be the fra- face of this franchise? All those elements are extremely important uh, in a head coach. But that's only part of the equation. The other part of the equation is can he actually coach and what has he done to, to prove that he can coach and what has he done to prove that he understands where the NFL is headed and has a, you know, a, a, a skill set to, to develop Sam Darnold. Uh, Christopher Johnson can't tell you that. He's not, you know, not a quote-unquote football guy. Right. But Mike McCagney has a much better sense of whether that's possible. So you marry those two principles, you know, the intangible slash leadership element of it and then the X's and O's element of it, and that's where uh, Christopher Johnson and Mike McCagnan collaborate and, and come to a, you know, is it a joint decision? Yes, it's a joint decision. Uh, ultimately, the, the owner signs off on it, and, and that's what Johnson's role was. But uh, it, there is no possibility that they would have hired Adam Gase if – uh, Mike McCagnan did not feel comfortable. I mean, he, he really kind of—I don't want to say flows from McCagnan to Johnson because again, there's so much overlap, uh, in, and it's so—and it is collaborative, and that's you know that's the epitome of the word collaborative. It, it, it is a joint decision. Uh, all that being said, Mike McCagnan is really the guy who uh, you know identifies the, the guy he wants the most, and then discusses it with Christopher Johnson along the way, along this whole process, and then they come to a conclusion. But there's no way that they would have ever hired Adam Gase or, 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 or Rule or, or Monken or any of these guys uh, 
if the GM wasn't fully on board and completely comfortable and you know completely sold. Uh, it, it is interesting because I, I don't think there was a like a runaway winner. It's not like <laughs> Adam Gase was the guy they wanted all along, or right. I, you know that's not my understanding. Uh, I thought there was like I said before they interviewed eight guys. Uh, you had mentioned Kingsbury. Uh, I had a little bit of fun with Kingsbury over the last week and a half. I actually thought he would be an, a terrific offensive coordinator for mm-hmm. uh, Sam Darnold. I, I had reservations about whether he would be – not only would he be ready for you know, the, the the big chair to, to be a head coach, especially in this market, face of the franchise, and all the organizational elements that come with it. I think that's that would be a daunting challenge for Kingsbury. It will still be a daunting ta- challenge in Arizona, but it's a different type of challenge you know, in a place like this. Putting the, putting it together a staff, all of those uh, different elements. So I, I do commend the Jets. You know, they had a pretty good understanding and a pretty good idea that he was going to sign with the Cardinals and be the next Cardinals head coach before he even came to New York. But you know, you, you want to to have smart build people in the building. You want to pick their brains, and you also want to hold out the possibility if, if for whatever reason it doesn't work out with the Cardinals, you know, maybe offensive coordinator is a a potential landing spot uh, for the Jets. So I, I thought you know they did their due diligence. They they were smart to bring in a smart, creative mind who, again, who I thought would be an awesome play caller for Sam Darnold. But, uh, you know, head coach, I think that, that might – it's going to be difficult, and I'll be interesting to see that, how that unfolds, uh, you know, with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on that because definitely a, you know, highly respected offensive guy, but but really young. And I think that was uh, some of the reservations fans had was, was he ready for that role um, but Manish Mehta of New York Daily News, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, talk a little bit about this hire. One, one, last, one last question real quick. What, what, what will make um, Adam Gase's first season a success with the Jets? What does he have to do? Yeah, win some games. That would be nice, right? <laughs> good, that, would, that would be a good start, yeah. yeah I, I, don't, I don't think it's in Christopher Johnson's makeup to say you've got to have a playoff mandate. And, and obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan yeah, of those because so many things can happen. But. Well, you, can't, you also can't do that for a first-year head coach. That might be the first if, – if he does that, it might be the only time that I've ever heard of in the history of the National Football League where uh, a first-year head coach uh, – <laughs> as a playoff or bust uh, mandate. For I, I guess may, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a better question would be, what's a realistic expectation for his first season? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because we don't really know what the roster is going to look like. It, there's going to be an influx of, of players uh, coming in because of, the fr- uh, because of the free agency money that they have available. Uh, I think a lot of that uh, obviously depends on Sam Darnold's the jump from year one to year two. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of pieces they're going to bring in. If they bring in the right pieces – uh, in free agency and through the draft, uh, I, I think I think a nine-win season is realistic if they bring in the right pieces. Uh, and, I, and you would anticipate that they would bring in enough decent pieces. Like I'm going in now in January, so I you know I'm, don't hold me to it, don't write it in, in, in ink. But I'm going in now thinking that uh, you know a nine-win season is certainly a possibility, assuming health uh, and assuming that Sam Darnold takes the next step, which uh, I believe he will. Of course, of course. All right, thank you so much, Manish, for joining us here on Jet Nation Radio. Manish Mehta of the Daily News, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Glenn. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News. As I said before the interview, I knew uh, Manish was a, f- a fan of the hire. I, am, uh, I think we're, we're, coming up on about, we're coming up on the 24-hour mark from when the announcement was made. And when the announcement was made, I was miserable, uh, went to bed, of course, being five hours ahead over here in the U.K. It was a little bit later here. Uh, the news broke right after I did the show, and uh, 
I just I told myself I'm I'm miserable, but I'm gonna, I'm only giving myself 24 hours. Then I'm on board. He's the head coach. Until I have a reason not to support him as the Jets head coach, I'm gonna support him as the Jets head coach. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on some uh some 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 green glasses and and go back and watch some of the uh, Dolphins better performances under Adam Gase. See what he did well. I I mean he, listen, if if you if you want to pick one or two things that Adam Gase did well, um because that's what I was trying to do and find a reason not to be miserable about the hire. Um, three and three against the Patriots. Face it. Um, Todd Bowles was one in seven in four years against the Pats. Gase was three and three, so that's a huge step in the right direction. Uh, far better winning. Percent. I mean, he's an upgrade over Todd Bowles, but you know, Todd Bowles is sixteen games under five hundred um, in four years. Adam Gase would have to uh, win one or two games next year to get in Todd Bowles territory. Gase is two games under five hundred. Five hundred. He's three and three against the Pats, so he's he's uh, you know. If you look great at this point, trying to and trying to remember the fact that, you know, he did he was over 500 when he had Ryan Tannehill ended up having to win, try to win some games with Brock Osweiler. And I think that was the first thing I said, actually, when when the rumors started to swirl, said the best thing I could think about regarding Adam Gase is he got Brock Osweiler to resemble an NFL quarterback for about 10 minutes, which is something I don't think anyone else has ever been able to do. So he has a winning record with Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to hang my hat on that. I'm going to hang my hat on the fact that he made Brock Osweiler look competent. Focus on the fact that he's 500 against the Pats. And he's been infinitely better than Todd Bowles. So those are the positives. Has he been the offensive mastermind genius he was advertised to be? No. But listen, as a fan, I'm not prepared. Having just been miserable for the last two or three years with Todd Bowles, I'm not ready to start a new regime with the same mindset. So at the 24 hour mark, I'm, and what the hell it's we're at 23 hours or whatever I'm wiping the, I'm on board with the Adam Gase decision because what choice do you have? I'm not going to be a miserable bastard about this for the next two, three, four years to wait to see if he gets fired. And let's face it, man, hopefully the guys are on for a decade, but for me right now, going to wrap this up. Like I said, this would be a quick episode. But my main concern, and we'll see if this plays out, we will see if it is an issue throughout his time here, but my number one concern with Adam Gase is his maturity level. And like I said, uh, when you see a coach who's supposed to be the face of a franchise, and I get that it's an emotional game, and no, I don't want another robot Todd Bowles, not that that matters. I mean, we've talked about that before, but you don't want a robot, but you don't want a guy who's reacting like a teenager when you're when you're calling him to the carpet. Adam Gase to me, when when he when he makes a decision that doesn't work out and he gets questioned by it, questioned he reacts like a like a teenager who got caught doing something wrong and gets to my arms up, throw my head back, roll my eyes. I'm done with this. I'm over this. I don't want to talk about this. Leave me alone. Very, very immature. Change uh but sometimes getting a job this quickly after being fired doesn't really spur a guy on to change because he doesn't have some time to sit back and think about what he did right, what he did wrong. I said that when Rex went to Buffalo, when Cleveland, when you hire these guys right away and they never have that, that humbling moment or that, that, that being humbled to let it sink in and they have to jump right back into being who they are, then I'd say it's far less likely that a guy – 
makes drastic changes that were necessary. But we will talk about this and more next week. Thank you for tuning in for this uh, short but sweet uh, episode. Good to get Manisha's, uh, Manisha's two cents. And look forward to you guys tuning in in the future. Have a great night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.